2: Please join the WR Mystery Theater.
3: Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall, the man who delivers your daily supply of chills and goosebumps. On Mystery Theater, where almost nothing is impossible and the improbable is commonplace, we often deal with things to come. And while we don't set ourselves up as an authentic oracle, we do sometimes give you something to think about and to shudder over. Listen and see if you don't agree. Our mystery drama, Identity Crisis, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Field and Farrington. And stars Gordon Gould. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One.
4: The standard engine is a V8. Standard tires, steel-belted radials. There are front and rear stabilizer bars, special springs and shock valving, fast-ratio power steering, and a rally steering wheel. What makes all this interesting is that it belongs to a full-size six-passenger Buick. The 1977 Lesabre Sport Coupe. You'll have to drive it to believe
2: it. And now a Christmas story from the folks at Flemington Fur. Once upon a time, there was a lovely princess who looked forward each year to Christmas when one of the handsome princes who sought her hand would give her a gift. One Christmas, a very practical prince gave her a microwave muffin warmer with a stereo tape deck. Somewhat useful, very expensive, but not what a princess dreams of. The next Christmas, a very observant prince saw that all the fine ladies were wearing jewelry made of unicorn horns. So, he gave the princes a royal ransom of unicorn jewelry. Lovely, frightfully expensive, but the princes didn't really want to look like all the other ladies. Then, a devoted prince who knew his princes was a real special lady, deserving of a very special gift, selected a magnificent mink coat from the Flemington Fur Company. The fur was superb, the style extraordinary, and the price was right. That Christmas, the princess at last received the gift she had longed for, her own exquisite Flemington fur, and they lived happily ever after. The Flemington Fur Company in Flemington, New Jersey, opened Sunday and every day until 6 p.m.
3: What do you suppose your great-grandfather would have said if you had told him that one day men would fly to the moon, land there, and plant an American flag, too? That a man's heart could be taken from his body and put in another man's body to replace his ailing one. That by clicking a button here on Earth, you could take a picture of a rock pile on Mars. (laughs) He'd tell you to go and have your head examined. Well... What would you say if we suggested that someday in the future, not only heart transplants, but brain transplants would be possible? Ridiculous? Maybe. Or are you perhaps just being a grandfather
5: when you say so? Come in, Mrs. Hollis.
6: Thank you, Doctor.
5: And this is Mrs. Kemperer? That's right. I suppose you're wondering why I've asked you to stop in at my office... Both of you at the same time.
6: I wonder yes. about it.
5: Well, you two have one thing in common. I suppose you know that.
6: Our our husbands.
5: Yes. Both your husbands are in critical condition. In terminal condition, unfortunately. You've both been told that separately. Yes, yes. What I want to suggest now is that it may be maybe, I say, possible to save one of them. And it's just possible that the one whole man may continue to live.
6: But if they're both, which man?
5: Hear me out, please. Mrs. Hollis, your husband is suffering from massive internal injuries sustained in an automobile crash yesterday. Yes? He's being kept alive from minute to minute. But I'm afraid he can't possibly last much longer.
6: I was told that yesterday.
5: Yes. And your husband, Mrs. Kemperer, has had a malignant brain tumor removed. The operation could be called successful in that the tumor was removed... and your husband is still alive. But brain damage has already been done. And of course, that cannot be repaired.
6: I understand that, yes.
5: He will not improve. And he cannot be expected to live in this condition for more than, say, a few weeks.
6: Yes, so you've already told me.
5: Mrs. Hollis, your husband's brain was undamaged in the accident...
6: What are you suggesting?
5: A brain transplant. A a brain transplant? I've never heard of such a thing. The fact is, it's never been done before. Not with the human brain. Well, then... But I've been experimenting with animals for many years. My last three experiments have been completely successful. Completely successful.
6: And you think it can be done with, with our husbands?
5: You must understand that I cannot promise success... It still must be called experimental. Techniques will be needed which have not yet... uh, However, I believe that it can be done.
6: Oh, it's it's quite overwhelming.
5: The thing is, to put it bluntly, we have absolutely nothing to lose. Your husbands are both going to die. There's no question whatever about that. Maybe this way, if the surgery is successful, we can save one man.
6: Well... What do you think, Mrs. Hollis? I... I don't know.
5: I'd ask you both to sign releases, of course.
6: As he says, there's nothing to lose. I suppose not. I... I wish I could ask Andy.
5: Unfortunately, that's impossible. Uh,
6: At least we'd be doing something. I I suppose you're right. Yes, Yes, of course you are. All right, I'll I'll sign the release, Dr. Peters. (laughs)
7: All right, all right, all right, keep your shirt on, I'm coming.
8: Oh, Paul, Uh, can I come in, please? Sure, sure, come on, come on in. What's got you so upset? Well, there's this doctor, uh, Dr. Peters. He's a brain surgeon, and uh, according to the guy on the radio, just about the best there is, and he's... Going to do a brain transplant job. Brain transplant? Uh huh, that's right. It that
7: can't be done.
8: This Dr. Peters, he thinks he can do it and he's going to try. Maybe he's doing it right now.
7: Well, no, that's interesting. But... Do you
8: want to know whose brain is getting transplanted? Okay. Andy Hollis's brain, that's who. State Senator Andrew H. Hollis. You're
7: kidding.
8: No, I'm not. He was in this auto accident yesterday afternoon. Did you hear about that? No.
7: No, was he badly hurt? I, I guess he must have been.
8: He's busted up pretty good, and they got this other fellow there in the hospital. Uh, I, I can't remember his name. He's dying from brain cancer, and they're going to transplant Hollis's brain into the other fellow's head.
7: Hmm. Well, maybe Hollis will die before they get a chance to operate.
8: I told you the radio guy said they were going to try any minute.
7: Oh, I gotta, th- I gotta think about this.
8: You uh, think that Hollis? Uh, well, you know, when they get the switch made and everything, you think he'll shoot his mouth off?
7: I don't know. Now, just shut up and let me think.
8: Come in.
9: Well, hello, John. Hello. I got this message. The important Dr. Randolph Peters wants to see me. Yes, come on in. You are actually
5: going ahead
9: with the brain transplant?
5: Yes. Don't you approve? Well, surely, why wouldn't I? I don't know enough about it to disapprove anyway. (laughs) Dr. Muller, the eminent psychiatrist, has just admitted there's something he doesn't know much about. That's practically newsworthy. Uh, Well, give me a half hour to bone up. I'm going to need your help, John. I think we're going to overlap a little here. Yeah, I've been
9: thinking about that. If that transplanted brain works at all... It will have gone through something pretty damn traumatic.
5: It frightens me a little. More than a little. Can I depend on you to stand by?
9: You know you can.
5: Well, then... I guess I'll go do it.
7: Right now? Right now. I think we've got a serious problem, Carl... Yeah? On on, on the kind of Hollis? Well, you don't have to be a doctor to know that Hollis is going to be in pretty rough shape. Well, you know, his brain is after his operation. My guess is he's going to be delirious for a while. He's going to be babbling. And if he babbles about the wrong things, well, we could be in a lot of trouble.
8: I guess so.
7: Turnpike repaving job. Good Lord, If they ever start checking on everything we've contracted for since Hollis has been chairman of the the state senate public works committee. Oh, boy. We will have had it, Carl.
8: Yeah, like the Cedar River Bridge. Mm
7: -hmm. Morrison and Dunlap could be finished. All washed up.
8: Yeah. But why would he want to talk? He's no cleaner than we are, is he?
7: But they haven't been playing games with our brains. There's no way of knowing what his brain may spill. So? What can we do about it?
8: Maybe the operation won't be a success, huh? No,
7: and maybe it will.
6: So? I don't know. Well, I think a hospital waiting room is the most dismal place in the whole world. Mm. I've spent most of my time here for almost a month now. Has your husband been sick that long? Well, His operation was a month ago. He's been sick a lot longer. Oh, it must have been dreadful for you, Mrs. Kemperer. <laughs> It wasn't nice. You know, it seems we're... We're going to be seeing a good deal of each other. Don't you think we'd be more comfortable on a first-name basis? Yes, I do, Esther. Mm. I think I'm still in shock. They called me yesterday afternoon and said Andy had been in a bad accident, and I haven't really been able to grasp. Yes, it must have been a terrible shock. I... I've had almost a year to adjust to Ralph's situation you You called your husband Andy. is he Andrew Hollis, the state senator? Yes, they asked him them. they've been talking to him about running for governor. Oh, it doesn't seem fair, does it? A man in his prime, nothing but good things to look forward to, and no what is it? That man just coming in. Hmm? I'm sure he's here to ask about Andy. I don't. Mrs.
7: Want... Hollis. They told me I'd find you here. Uh, how's How's Andy?
6: Well, we don't really know. Didn't they tell you what's happening?
7: I heard it on the radio. Brain transplant. They said.
6: Yes. He's. They um, are in the operating room now. Oh.
7: Well. I'm sure everything's going to be okay.
6: <laughs> Everything can't be okay. Not for both of us. Oh. oh this is Mrs. Kemper. Mr. Morris. How do you do? How
7: do you, you're, uh, you're the other, the other fellow's wife. Yes. Uh, do they, uh, do they say how long the operation's supposed to last?
6: No, uh, a long time, I should think. Hmm.
7: Well, I, I guess I'll just uh, wander around and, you know, be nosy. If there's, if there's anything I can do, Mrs. Hollis, anything at all.
6: Well, thank you. I think not.
7: Well, then, uh, I, I expect I'll be seeing you later on
6: can't stand that man. Is, is he a friend of your husband's? Oh, a business acquaintance. A contractor or something like that. In politics, you have to be nice to all kinds of people. I've always wished Andy didn't have anything to do with Paul Morrison. I think he's a thief. Beautiful, Dr. Peters. The most beautiful
5: piece of work I've ever seen. Thank you, nurse. But let's not congratulate ourselves just yet. He has a long way to go. Oh,
6: yes, I know. I don't want him out of your sight for a second. I I understand, Doc. I'll be in
5: my office. Let me know at once if there's any change of any kind. I want readings taken every ten minutes, you understand? And keep in touch with me. Hey, you were over there at the hospital a long time.
8: Paul, did you get to see him?
7: No way. I was just, uh, you know, uh, looking things over. There was no way they were going to let me see him.
8: Does it look like he's going to be okay?
7: I couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. I guess so. they got a special room all rigged up just for him. I sneaked to look at, a room 394. I don't want to forget that. You never saw so many gadgets in all your life. You know, the more I think about it, Carl, the less I like it. Yeah? Mm. He's not going to be the same man. How could he be?
8: Well, same brain, though. I mean, it's Hollis's brain, no matter who else, has got it in his head now, isn't it? I wish I knew. I'm afraid
7: he's going to have to be uh, dealt with.
8: You don't mean... Oh, hey, I I don't want to be part of anything like that.
7: Well, neither do I, Carl. I suppose nobody ever really wants to kill anybody.
8: Now, look, rigging bids and kicking back to Hollis, that's one thing. But this other... No, no, I don't want any part of it.
7: I was all right when... Well, the money was rolling in like for nothing, wasn't it, huh?
8: But this thing, Paul, this thing you're talking about, it's too much. I I, I can't get mixed up in it. I mean, I can't.
7: You'll be okay, Carl. You just have to get used to the idea, that's all. It's a business deal. Just a business deal. Don't think of it as murder.
6: Oh, isn't that Dr. Peters? Yes, Jane, I... I think he's seen us. I guess... I guess the operation's finished.
5: Oh, I've been looking for you two. Have you both been right here the whole time?
6: Uh, how... Is he all right,
5: Doctor? The operation appears to have been successful. He's in a special recovery room we set up for him. But he isn't conscious, of course. Won't be for a good long while.
6: Can I... Uh, can we see him?
5: Not just yet, I'm afraid. Later on. Maybe toward evening. We don't want to complicate things.
6: Uh, it... Dr. Peters... Yes? I haven't mentioned this to Jane, but I imagine she's been wondering, too, when he's better and, you know, when he can talk about everything. Which one is he going to be?
5: This is the first operation of its kind, you understand. We're all waiting to see what will happen.
6: Yes, but... But who will he be?
5: I can't really say.
3: A good question. Who will he be? You have the brain of Andrew H. Hollis in the body of Ralph Kemperer. And by which name do you call him? More important, to Jane Hollis and Esther Kemperer at least, whose husband is he going to be? Which aspect is dominant, the physical or the mental? By which of the two forces is identity established? Perhaps we'll see this tangle unraveled when I return shortly with Act Two.
10: The table looks wonderful, sweetheart.
4: Oh, thank you, darling.
10: Reverend Berkey will just love oh, it. Oh, thank you, darling. The dishes, the silver... Wait a minute, what's this?
4: New Minute Maid 100% pure lemon juice. Uh, why? D- ar- because they use only fresh lemons. Huh?
10: Why are... Because we're
4: having lobster, and lobster needs lemon. No, no,
10: why aren't Oh, we-
4: because the leading lemon juice is reconstituted. It has chemical preservatives. Oh. Minute Maid lemon juice is pure lemon juice, and it's frozen for freshness. Oh. <laughs> Here, just taste Minute Maid. No, I don't have to. Oh, come on, you can taste the difference.
10: Oh, boy. Tastes
4: Sure, it tastes like lemon. Minute Maid has the juice of six fresh lemons.
10: In this plastic squeeze bottle. Uh, do, 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 do. What? Oh, at
4: the door. Oh, I'll let him in. <laughs> oh, Reverend Berkey.
2: Good evening.
4: Good evening.
2: Hell, here's Reverend Berkey. Why is your husband talking
10: like that? Uh, he was tasting New Minute Made 100% pure lemon juice. He's,
4: He's been t- at the cooking the sherry. No, he hasn't,
10: Reverend uh, I
2: it
1: you Reverend You've New Minute Made 100% pure lemon juice in your grocer's freezer case. It's got a fresh taste. People really notice. What's for dinner? Has an old familiar
10: ring. Where does a mother go for the best of everything? What's for dinner? The family wants to know. Who's got the answers? Who's got the most
8: to show? Shop right hand.
4: money and up across the street that's my shop here shop right shop right
10: hey mom, what's shopright has, shop right has, shop
2: right has great right eating at the meat department this week ShopRite split or quartered frying chickens 43 cents a pound Italian style sausage pork and veal 89 cents a pound.
3: My husband and I work together, and we both belong to the International Ladies' Garment Workers' Union.
2: We know what it means to have our union, especially when you've got a family.
3: We want to make our own way, and the ILG helps us.
2: We've got a contract. We know where we stand. We've got something we can build a future on.
4: That's our union.
2: And that's what our label stands for.
4: Look for the union label.
3: generally agreed that there is a spiritual quality in the makeup of every man and woman quite apart from the mental and physical. Call it soul, essence, basic element, whatever. Now, should surgery, as has happened here, place the brain of one man with its millions of memories, its education, and its convictions into the body of another man, will the essence of which we've been speaking, the soul, weigh heavily enough to determine identity?
6: What are we going to do, Esther? I don't know. I've been thinking about it, Jane. If Dr. Peters doesn't know... He'll... Whichever one he is, he'll be a stranger to both of us. It's worse. It might almost have been better if... Well, We'll just have to wait and see, Jane. What else can we do? But,
7: Paul, this is murder you're talking about. He wouldn't be alive today if Dr. Peters hadn't done this nutty operation on him. He was slated to die anyway. Can't you see that? Well, not because of me he wasn't. Look, Carl. Carl, I've got three kids. You've got two, right? Right. And I don't want them to grow up knowing that their old man was a murderer. So you want them to grow up with their old man in jail for the other stuff? Bribery, conspiracy, you name it, Carl. They'll pin it on us if Hollis shoots off his mouth. But we don't know that he's going to.
8: He may not say one damn word. Maybe he can't talk for Pete's sake. Look, there's... There's got to be some way so we don't have to kill him. All right.
7: All right, you tell me what it is.
8: I, uh... I haven't had a chance to think about it yet.
7: Well, you can think until your head drops off, Carl, and you won't come up with anything but what I've come up with. Uh, it's it's my way or nothing. We've gotta kill him.
8: I don't know if I could. You can. Uh, well, well, we got plenty of time. He won't be out of the hospital for a good long time. At least there's no rush. We huh? don't
7: have any time at all. What do you mean? We can't afford to wait. We'll have to go into the hospital after him. <laughs>
5: Hello, Randy. Oh, hello, John. Come on in.
9: Congratulations. They tell me it was absolutely beautiful. I was sure you could do it. Thanks. Sit down. Why do you look so glum? Come on, Randy. You've just completed maybe the most brilliant piece of surgery in medical history. I want your advice, John.
5: All you have to do is ask. I'm worried about this brilliant piece of surgery. Worried? Isn't he doing all right? He's alive. The body has accepted the brain. So far, at least. But that's not my problem. Well, so what is? There are two women sitting out there. Mrs. Hollis and Mrs. Kemper. Which one is waiting to see her husband? I'm beginning to think I've got a tiger by the tail.
9: He is still unconscious, of course.
5: Will be for... I don't really know how long.
9: Mm. The only thing we can do is wait and talk to him when he can talk. How about an
5: educated guess right now? Mm. How educated would it be?
9: Well, my guess would be that identity would go along with the brain. I mean, at least lean very heavily in that direction.
5: So you think it'll be Hollis?
9: It's only a guess. You can't discount the body, certainly. There's a whole nervous system in there of which the brain is only a part. The most important part, granted, but still only a part. But if the body doesn't reject the brain? Physically, you mean? hmm Well, and I'm guessing, of course... All that does is place the brain and the rest of the body in contention. Anything could happen. The body is long accustomed to taking commands from the brain. How is it going to respond now? And the brain, when it doesn't get the responses it expects, if if it doesn't,
5: who knows? Who's to say it won't break down completely? Well, that was a chance I knew I'd have to take. It's the identity problem that's got me worried right now.
9: Yeah, I have only one suggestion. Huh? Wait until he can talk to you, and then
5: ask him who he is. Yes, Lucille. Carl Dunlap? I don't know any Carl Dunlap. What does he want? Oh. Something about the Hollis Kemperer thing. Well, I guess I better see him. I'll take any help I can get from anybody.
8: Uh, Dr. Peters?
5: Yes, come in. Ah. Thank
8: you. I'm Carl Dunlap.
5: Yes. I don't believe we've met before, have we?
8: No, no. Uh, I mean, I was a a business associate of Andy Hollis.
5: Is he going to be okay? He's doing as well as can be expected. Well, that doesn't mean anything much does it well, he's in intensive care right now the operation was successful as far as we know at this point what's your interest
8: well you see we we had this business proposition and it was hanging fire when he had his accident now, i can't go ahead with it without word from hollis
5: <laughs> you won't get any kind of word from mr hollis for a good long while yet
8: well this is a really big deal there's over a million dollars tied up here it's kind of a mess unless I can
5: get to talk to Hollis. I advise you to find another way to straighten out your affairs, Mr. Dunlap. It may be several days before Mr. Hollis will be allowed visitors.
8: You were right, Paul.
7: I couldn't get in to see him. Well, you agree with me now that there's only one way we can go?
8: Well, we don't know that he's going to talk, Paul. We don't
7: know that he won't. Look, I don't want to gamble, Carl.
8: No, I guess I. I guess I don't either.
7: Good. Then it's settled. No. All right, now here's where we do it. The easiest thing in the world is to impersonate a doctor. You put on a lab coat, hang a stethoscope around your neck, and you're a medic, right?
8: I guess so, as long as nobody asks you for a pill. Well, that's good
7: enough for walking down the hospital corridor.
8: Well, we don't have lab coats. Well, it's and easy enough
7: to get. We go someplace and buy them. I'll take care of that. You've got a gun, haven't you? Yes. So have you. Do, do you have a silencer for you? No. Now, listen, Carl. Oh, that's that's all right. That's all right. I can pick up one. So once we get inside the house... Now,
8: wait a minute, what? Paul. You've got a gun, too, haven't you? Why my gun?
7: Because you're going to do it, Carl.
8: Oh, no. No, I'll, I'll go along with the idea, even if I don't like it. But you don't get me to shoot him myself. No, Paul.
7: Sorry. That's the way it has to be.
8: Well, why? You're the one who wants him out of the way so bad. Why should I do this, show?
7: Because shooting? if I do it, the way you're running around so scared, you might just get an attack of conscience or something and start talking.
8: Oh, that's silly. Why would I but do Well,
7: if you do it yourself, you're going to think twice before you make any stupid confessions. I won't do it, Paul. Sure you will. You can't make me. <laughs> that's just the point. I can. You'll do it simply because I tell you to. You always do everything I tell you to. Haven't you noticed?
6: They sent a couple of containers of coffee back from the nurse's station. Mm -hmm. They've been so nice. Oh, I hope you like milk and sugar in yours. I, I didn't know. Oh, that'll be fine, Jane. Just so there's some coffee in there. Oh, it's going to be a mess. Isn't it, Esther? For us? I'm afraid so, yes. What we need here is a...
4: a Solomon.
6: I suppose... When he wakes up, when he regains consciousness, you'll know who he is. It's strange. At first I was feeling so grateful to your husband, to you for donating his brain to Ralph. Now I'm beginning to wonder if it, if it isn't the other way around. Your husband donating his body to Andy? I guess that's what it will amount to. If... Oh Lord I'm so confused. And another thing I've been wondering, where are we going to stand legally? I, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I, I'm not even sure how I want it to come out.
7: Hey, will you help me with this stuff, huh? Well, you been shopping or something? What does it look like? Here, take this. Yeah, okay. All right, now, I got the lab coats and stethoscopes. Oh. I didn't have a bit of trouble. I figured at least they'd ask for identification or something, but they didn't. Just handed the stuff over and took my money. Okay. Yeah, take a look here. Here, Here, try this one on, huh? All right. How'd it fit. They only come in three sizes, small, medium, and large. I got mediums.
8: Well, it's kind of
7: tight around the metal. Well, you wear them open anyway. Now... Here, put the stethoscope around on your neck. There. Hey, you'd have you made a pretty good doctor at that. I don't like it. You just stop thinking about it. Huh? When the time comes, just do it. Uh, let me have your gun. What for? I got a silencer. I just want to see if it works all right.
8: All right keep it in here. I <laughs> uh, never once used it. I just thought I ought to have one around. Millie's home alone so much. I don't know what good it would do, though. She won't touch it. Hey, let, let me uh, have I, it. huh?
7: Hey. It's all right. Is this thing loaded?
8: Yes. Uh, well, uh, I, I don't know. Listen, Paul, couldn't you... I mean, I, I'm not the one that ought It's to...
7: all settled, Carl. But
8: what if I just freeze and then I can't do it, huh? I never pointed a gun at anybody in all my life, Paul. I think... I mean, I think, really, that you ought to do it. No, you'll do fine.
7: Just fine. I'm not the least bit worried. <laughs>
6: Dr. Peters. Dr. Peters?
5: Yes, what is it? I asked you not to leave your patient.
6: Look, Doctor, I, I think he's coming too. I, I saw you pass by the door, and I decided it would be quicker to come after you than to have you paid. All
5: right, let's go. You say he's conscious?
6: Well, no, not what you could call conscious yet.
5: Hmm. He seems to have gone back to sleep.
6: Oh, just a minute ago he
5: was Oh. No. I can't. He can articulate. Uh... That's all right, then. Help me, uh, can
7: somebody help me?
5: What can we do for you?
7: Help me. Born
5: in Indiana, Indianapolis. You were born in Indianapolis? Is that what you're trying to say?
7: Yes. Born Boston to help me
3: who am I who am I a question originating in the depths of an awesome darkness loss of sure identity is the final step off the solid substance of security if you must ask who you are there is no safe place for you, you are a wanderer among uncertainties lost in a maze bounded by the unknown inhabited only by you and fear the mind with no secure haven in which to rest and restore itself will manufacture a haven of its own and this is what is commonly known as madness i'll return shortly with act three
1: this christmas give a gift that'll help turn any kitchen into a fast food restaurant Hi, Pat Summerall here to suggest you give the Hamilton Beach Little Mac or Double Mac Grill from your participating True Value Hardware store. The Little Mac Fast Cooker has a reversible grid with a square side for grilled sandwiches and a round side for hamburgers, pizza, or fried eggs. The cover locks on for spatter-free cooking, and the no-stick finish is easy to clean. The Hamilton Beach Double Mac Grill from your True Value Hardware store makes two hamburgers or two grilled cheese sandwiches in just minutes. It can even be used to fry bacon and eggs together, quickly and easily and without spatter. This Christmas, give the gift that'll help turn any Kitchen into a fast food restaurant. The Hamilton Beach Little Mac or Double Mac Fast Cooker from your participating True Value hardware store. Remember True Value. That's more than just a name. It's their way of doing business. And remember, too, tell them Pat Summerall sent you.
2: The story is appalling, a flagrant scandal in the Bronx. Welfare parents receiving at least $10,000 this year while their young children groveled helplessly, infested with lice. Read Saturday's New York Daily News for the incredibly shocking details. Investigative reporter Dick Brass tells how social workers visited the home and did nothing to alleviate the devastating conditions learn about the mother arrested for endangering her children's lives and the stepfather arrested for raping one of the girls age twelve a family that's crumbling into pieces saturday in the daily news also in the daily news saturday an inside tip for christmas shoppers with extra money to play with pinball machines are in and flashing their bing bing all over the metropolitan area reporter donald flynn has the scoop on the biggest craze around today In the entertainment pages, news movie critic Ann Guarino interviews Richie Pryor, movie star and millionaire who says, I still can't get a cab to take me to Harlem. Good reading Saturday in the New York Daily News.
6: I wish somebody would tell me which wine goes with what.
4: There is a wine, gancha. Gancha Asti Spumante. That makes any meal sparkle everyday meals, fancy dinners, seafood platters, buffets,
9: even exotic continental dishes.
4: Yes, any meal sparkles when you serve this beautiful pale gold sparkling wine from the sunny vineyards of Italy. Gancia is a delightfully mellow wine with a delicate bouquet and distinctive flavor that people like. Find out why more people drink gancia than any other Italian Spumante in the world.
0: I think I'll get some for tonight.
4: Why not put a little sparkle in your dinner tonight with a bottle of gancia, Asti Spumante, imported by Paterno Imports Limited, Chicago. Gancia, Asti Spumante. Gancia, Asti Spumante. Makes
8: any meal
6: sparkle.
3: can say with authority what the brain is to the body or the body to the brain. Which is master and which is servant? To be sure, we tend to characterize the brain as the thinking and therefore the guiding mechanism, but it is not the entire being. It represents by any physical measurement we know how to apply, only a small percentage of the total entity. Is it reasonable to assume then That it contains the entire identity, the
5: essence of the individual. Well, John, you're the psychiatrist. You've talked to the patient. What do you think?
9: I think, as you said before, you have got a tiger by the tail. This is completely outside my experience.
5: Outside anybody's. But
9: I will tell you one thing. Hmm? You have opened up a whole new, unexplored territory. If brain transplants are to develop, we are going to have to scurry about and build a new psychiatric framework to contain them. You're stumped? We're stumped, yeah.
5: Mm -hmm. I have a thousand questions. No answers. That's a start, at least. The questions have to come before the answers. What are some of them?
9: Well... This Hollis brain of yours has some Kemperer memories. He has demonstrated that. Kemperer was born in Indianapolis and Hollis in Boston. Hollis Kemperer, for want of anything better to call him, now states that he was born in Indianapolis and Boston. Incidentally, I think his mentioning it indicates that he is trying to cope, trying to come to terms with the discrepancy. Anyway, what this means to me is that there is a memory, the Indianapolis memory, outside the brain. And the way I learned it, memory is strictly the brain's province. Spinal memory? Mm. Who knows? There's not supposed to be any such thing. You know, the temptation is to turn... Metaphysical. Metaphysical? Mm -hmm. The soul. The uncensed, unmeasurable something that makes us more than mere matter. It is a temptation to say that since Kemperer's body still lives, it still contains something of the Kemperer's soul. That's
5: not very scientific, I'm afraid. Mm, Still, it's an answer that satisfies in some ways, isn't it? Not one that satisfies the scientific purpose,
9: though. where uh, do you go from here, Randy?
5: I was hoping you could advise me. I'm sorry. How do you let go of a tiger without getting scratched? Carl, will you stop looking so scared? Huh?
7: Doctors never look scared, even when they are. And we're doctors.
8: I can't help how I look. I am scared. don't
7: be. We're just two doctors walking down the hospital corridor talking shop talk. Now, his room number is 394, three doors down on the side of the hall. You see it? Partway closed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. What if
8: they moved him to another
7: room? They wouldn't. They've got him plugged into so many gadgets in there. It'd be just too much trouble to move him now. Now, you know what we do, right? I... Guess so we Take a look in the door If the doctor's in there, we just walk down the hall and wait for him to leave If there's nobody there but the nurse, we go in and order her to leave Order her? We are doctors, you keep forgetting Nurses do what doctors tell them to do Okay And then when we're alone with him, you... You just do it, that's all
6: I tried to get in to see him, Jane I didn't have any luck, but I I tried. Dr. Peters wouldn't let you in? The nurse wouldn't. She stopped me at the door. She was nice enough, but she was firm. Is he still all right. Well, the nurse said he was sort of half-conscious for a little while. Esther? Yes? Look, those two doctors just passing down the hall. Did you get a good look at them? Not very. Well, what about them? One of them was... I'd swear one of them was Paul Morrison. The man who was here asking about Andy earlier. The the one you didn't like? Yes, that one. But he's... Is he a doctor? No. That's just the point. He isn't. So what is he doing in a white coat? You think he's up to something? I don't know what he could be up to, but... But I don't like it.
7: Damn, I forgot about her. Forgot about his wife. Jane Hollis. She was in the waiting room just now as we walked past it. Did she see you? Does she know you? No, oh, she knows me all right. I'm not sure whether she saw me or not.
8: Well, let's get out of here, Paul. If she saw you, we would better just get out oh, of here.
7: Dick, will you stop it? Will you? You panic at the least little thing I hear. We'll just stop and lean against the wall and talk. We're in consultation, okay? And if she doesn't do anything about it, well, she didn't see me.
8: This is crazy. Here's this big hospital, busy as Grand Central Station, and we're gonna walk into a man's room and shoot him dead. People all over the place, but does that stop us? No. We just walk in there and shoot a man dead. And
7: walk right out again. The best way to get lost is in a crowd of people. Insane. There there she goes.
8: The Hollis one? Uh
7: Yes, with the other one. Just strolling along, going the other way. I guess you didn't see me.
8: So you wanna go ahead with it?
7: Of course we're gonna go ahead with it. Come on.
6: Just sort of stroll along. So if he sees us, he'll think we're just stretching our legs. Mm. Well, did you get another look at him? No, I was afraid to look down that way. I know it was him. I'm sure. Oh, so what are we going to do? I just want to see if I can find Doctor Peters and tell him about it.
7: Okay, here it is, room 394. Will you wipe that scared look off your face?
8: I'm doing the best I can, Paul. All right,
7: all right just let me check. I don't see anybody but the nurse in there. The doctor doesn't seem to be around. Paul, I wish... Will you shut could... up and let me do the talking? Uh, nurse?
6: Oh, you startled me.
7: Hey, is this Dr. Peters' patient? Uh, yes, doctor. Uh, Dr. Peters has called us in for a consultation. We expect him any minute. Will you, uh, will you please leave us alone with the patient?
6: Oh, Dr. Peters instructed me to stay with the patient. we'll,
7: we'll be with him. You needn't worry.
6: I don't like to go against Dr. Peters' instructions.
7: Uh, we will take the responsibility. We expect Dr. Peters momentarily. Meantime, we can save time by examining the patient while we're waiting for him.
6: I I could stay and assist you. I mean, if there's anything you want to know, Nurse.
7: Nurse, I've asked you to leave us.
6: Yes, doctor.
7: Paul. What is it?
8: We got in the wrong room or something. What are you talking about? That's not Hollis. Look at him never saw that guy before
7: in my life. Of course it isn't Hollis, you idiot. They transplanted Hollis's brain into somebody else.
8: Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Well, well, then how can we be sure? I mean, if we never saw the guy before, how do we know we're in the right place at all? We are. All right, do it, Carol. Paul, please, if you just listen to me, I don't think I... Do it!
6: Is that the nurse we just passed? Isn't she supposed to be in there with him all the time? Oh, it certainly looked like her. You think we ought to go back and make sure he's all right? Somebody probably came in to relieve her. I just want to see Dr. Peters. Okay. Uh, I hope he's in.
5: Dr. Peters? Yes? Oh, Mrs. Hollis and Mrs. Kemperer. What can I do for you? We
6: just saw an odd thing. Odd thing? There's a man I know slightly, a, a business associate of my husband. I don't like him, frankly, I I don't trust him. I just saw him out in the hall, dressed like a doctor.
5: And he isn't a doctor?
6: He certainly isn't. Would it be possible for him, and uh, well, he had somebody with him, would it be possible for them just to walk into a patient's room without anyone stopping them?
5: If you're afraid that's what he's going to do, there's no cause for alarm. There's a nurse in there. Oh, but she isn't, Doctor. We just saw her out in the hall. You're sure it's the same nurse? Positive. Then maybe we ought to go and check it out. There she is See, standing there at the nurse's station Nurse? Yes, doctor I thought I asked you not to leave the patient alone Not for any reason
6: Well, he isn't alone, sir The two doctors you asked in for consultation are with him
5: Consultation? I didn't set up any consultation
6: They said you did They, They practically ordered me out of the room
5: All right, let's go
8: Hey, Andy Can you hear me? It's Carl Dunlap. Can't see how you're doing. Now
7: well, will you stop it? Can't you see he's in no shape to talk?
8: Well then, if he, if he can't talk, shoot him, Carl. Y- you you take the gun, Paul. I, I can't. I just can't
7: do. You'll it. do it now, right there in the temple. No, no, not quite touching. Not there, right there, right there. That's it. Now. Now the trigger, the trigger, Carl. No, no, Paul, I can't. Just squeeze the trigger, just a little pressure. And it doesn't take much. Step away <laughs> now, once more,
4: to make sure.
8: Paul, Paul, please, I can't. Sure agree.
7: you can't. I... Just squeeze, squeeze like before, Carl. Just squeeze.
6: <laughs> <laughs> what are you two? Oh my God! Shoot them,
5: Carl. Ralph, he's bleeding. Why is he bleeding? Get out of my way. Let me have a look at him.
7: Did it. you hear what I said, Carl? Shoot them.
5: No more. No
8: more, Paul. I can't. He's dead. Shot twice through the head. Well,
7: let me have the gun, Carl. Give me the gun. No. You heard what I said. Give it to me.
8: I won't. Carl, give You'll it to me. You'll only kill somebody. I won't that. let you, Paul. Let me have the no. gun, Carl. I <laughs> oh, Paul.
7: Oh.
8: I didn't mean to shoot you, Paul.
7: It's, it's my arm.
8: Doctor, will you take the gun?
5: I'll take it. Nurse, get some security people in here, will you? Have they taken those
9: two away? The two who shot your patient?
5: They're probably all booked and put away by now. I just had a weird experience.
9: Mm
5: -hmm. It's the only kind you have had all day, it seems to me. I just had to console two women, Mrs. Hollis and Mrs. Kemperer. Because their husbands were dead. Only that wasn't what I did. I found myself telling them I was sorry about their husband. Singular. One husband, two wives. And nobody could say who the man had actually belonged to. Yeah. Sad things all all around. Yes. In a way, though, (laughs) they were grief-stricken, of course, the two women each thinking of her own husband as he used to be. But as for the man I was trying to give them with my surgery, I'm not sure they weren't just a little bit relieved that he was gone and the decisions wouldn't have to be made.
9: You know something, Randy? I am not sure the world is ready for the brain transplant.
5: I'm not sure it ever will be.
3: we should be just as glad that the brain transplant isn't ready for the world. As things stand now, one more spiritual dilemma might
4: be just that one too many. I'll be back in a few minutes. The 1977 Buick Regal. It comes with Buick's terrific V6 engine. It carries six people and lots of Buick comfort. It's lean. It's maneuverable in city traffic. It's the most luxurious mid-sized car Buick builds. Yeah, this new Regal is pretty much everything a car should be, except for one thing. It isn't yours yet, but it can be. Just see your Buick dealer for a test drive soon.
1: Here's Dennis Potvin of the New York Islanders. Folks, I'm a hockey player first and a football watcher second. And I'll tell you where you can watch some great college football, on TWA. Right now, they're showing films of the players most likely to make All-American this year. You'll also see the 1976 candidates for the Heisman Trophy, scoring points for this great prize. It's a terrific show, and it's only on TWA, where every seat is on the 50-yard line fly twa to the west coast and in addition to the football action you'll see first-rate movies on every twa non-stop to los angeles and san francisco and twa is the only airline that gives you a choice of movies so if you like being entertained take a seat on twa we give you a lot more to twa being the best isn't everything it's the only thing
2: Here's important news for you. Dependable Dean has launched a revolutionary new price policy lowering all carpet prices to rock bottom. This means that every carpet in Dean's stores carries an astonishingly low price tag with no, repeat, no exceptions. The carpet you want is right here at Dean's at the lowest possible price. You can always depend on Dean for the finest floor covering, help from salesmen who care, and prompt service. Right now, you can get a 12-by-12-inch 12 12 Kentile Tile Touchdown Vinyl Asbestos Floor Tiles for only 33 cents each. Yes, 33 cents. Install a beautiful 10-by-10-foot 10 10 floor yourself in two hours or less and for under $35. Come to Dependable Dean and save on tile, broadloom, and remnant rugs. Dean's stores are located throughout New Jersey and they're open Monday through Saturday, 9.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Remember, you can't spell dependable without D E A N.
3: With the human mind striving as it always must toward the accomplishment tomorrow of today's impossibility, it's not surprising, perhaps, that among the blessed miracles performed, Some heinous enormities are also perpetrated. It may be that the transplanting of a fine mind from a sick body to a healthy one would be a good thing. But wouldn't it present the kind of problem our story has dealt with? How could it not? Our cast included Gordon Gould, Ann Williams, Bryna Rayburn, Robert Dryden, and Joe Silver. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
2: Tonight's WOR Mystery Theater was also brought to you in part by ShopRite Supermarkets. The preceding program is furnished by CBS Radio. This is WOR New York, the talk of New York. Stay tuned now for the news with John Wingate.
10: Verdict has Sam Bronfman mad. That Navy Skyhawk, was it shot down? Jimmy Carter on the economy. It's 43 degrees, 6 Celsius in clear mid-Manhattan. Weather Watch Outlook, windy and becoming cloudy tonight, below in the mid-30s. Hi, John Wingate with the 8 o'clock report from WOR News. Samuel Bronfman II calls the verdict in the state Supreme Court trial of two Brooklyn men accused of kidnapping him, quote, a miscarriage of justice. The White Plains state Supreme Court jury found the defendants, Mel Patrick Lynch and Dominic Byrne, innocent of kidnapping but guilty of extorting Bronfen's father of $2.3 million. At a news conference at the Seagram's building in Manhattan today, Whiskey Air Bronfen says the verdict makes him mad, quote, really mad. He said, again, quote, it's a sad system when two guys who kidnap someone get caught red-handed and they get off, unquote. Sam Bronfen says he thinks that in this case, the system didn't work. He says he hopes the verdict will not deter other victims of violent crimes from helping to prosecute those who abduct or assault them. Present at that news conference were Sam's mother, Anne Lowe Bronfman, Sam Bronfman's wife, Melanie, his brother, Edgar, and Edgar's wife, Georgiana. New York State Senator Roy Goodman, family friend of the Bronfman's. Comments on the verdict.
7: I have known Samuel Bronfman all of his life. He is a close personal friend of mine and of my family's. I saw him frequently in the months prior to his kidnapping, during which he was employed as an intern in my New York City Senate office. The allegations of the Lynchburn defense attorneys concerning Sam Bronfman are, in my judgment, absolutely preposterous. I'm deeply shocked that a jury would accept the word of the accused over the word of this extraordinarily fine young man of good character. A very grave miscarriage of justice has occurred in New York State today.
10: Story coming up. Was that Navy plane shot down? WOR 710 News Time. Two and a half minutes past eight o'clock. The U.S. Navy announces it's investigating the possibility that one of its A-4 Skyhawk jet fighters was shot down in the Atlantic off North Carolina by a Marine Corps F-4J Phantom jet. Sources say there are indications it was struck by a heat-seeking missile. The Navy jet's pilot, Lieutenant Jerome Petkowski a native of Chicago, ejected and was rescued by a Marine helicopter. Petkowski, currently living with his family in Virginia Beach, Virginia, is being checked over at the Marines' Cherry Point, North Carolina Navy Hospital. A deadly green cloud of poisonous chlorine gas, leaking from a chemical plant, drifted westward across the Mississippi River. Government officials ordered about 10,000 persons to flee the area, and they have called out the National Guard. No injuries are reported but several highways are closed and ships are being kept out of a 10-mile section of the Mississippi. State Commissioner of Administration in Louisiana, Charles Romer, directing operations from Baton Rouge, four miles from the plant, said the National Guard would be used to protect the property of evacuees who were moved 10 miles downriver to Louisiana State University. About 6,000 of those fleeing the gas are students at Southern University. The rest are residents of a predominantly black area surrounding the university. Roma said it would take six to eight hours for that leaking chlorine to stop. Jimmy Carter says if the economy needs help next year, job programs are his first priority, supplemented by tax cuts if necessary. But Carter made it clear in a news conference that he has not made any final decisions. He told newsmen he would like to move as fast as possible with public service jobs, job training programs, and public works projects. The incoming chief executive said that he cannot do with job opportunities. That what he can't do with them, he'll do with the tax cut. News conference followed a tour by Carter and Vice President-elect Walter Mondale of the Pentagon's secret war room. The two men were greeted by two small groups of demonstrators chanting, quote, Disarm now, unquote, unquote. A future for our kids, Jimmy. Quote, unquote. Coming up... Our nightly column on the market. WOR 710 News Time. Just about six minutes past eight o'clock. New chapter for Gary Mark Gilmore.
9: You know all about diamonds when you know about sales.
4: Sales is the diamond store. You don't buy diamonds every day, so let sales show you the way. Because we know what you're looking for. We're the number one jewelers the whole world round. But we're people you know, your hometown diamond store. We know diamonds and you know us. Sales is the diamond store. We're people that you know, with are the name that you trust. Sales, sales is the diamond store. We know diamonds and you know us. Store. we're people that you know, the name
10: that you trust, say, say, this is the store. Utah killer Gary Gilmore's attorneys met in Salt Lake City with Judge George Barrett today. The judge said he'll decide by Wednesday whether to have Gilmore appear in court for setting of a trial date on a second murder charge. Secretary of State Kissinger appealed at his final meeting with NATO ministers for an east-west code of restraint to prevent, as he put it, an unimaginable catastrophe. The Soviet Union announces it will conduct a series of rocket tests from December 13th to the 30th in the Pacific. The test site will roughly be halfway between Japan and Hawaii. 63-year-old actor MacDonald Carey has been arrested in Los Angeles for investigation of drug and driving an envelope addressed to the U.S. Immigration and Naturalization Service exploded on a conveyor belt at the main New York City post office. No one was injured. The Agriculture Department estimates the 1976 U.S. wheat crop was a record, nearly 2,150,000,000 bushels. The new estimate, based on December 1st surveys, boosts the 76 wheat production to about 12 million bushels above last year's record output. Estimates will be issued next month for corn and other 1976 crops that will figure prominently in the nation's 1977 food and export supply. In sports, the New York Knicks say that their newly acquired superstar, Bob McAdoo, will have to postpone his debut with the team for at least one week. McAdoo, who's suffering a pulled groin muscle, will not appear at tomorrow's game against the Phoenix Suns. Or Sunday's Hall of Fame exhibition against the Washington Bullets, or Tuesday's game against the San Antonio Spurs. Spokesman said, quoting now, we hope you'll be ready to play next Friday night in Boston. It takes a while to heal, but by then, it should be a day-to-day thing. So, for at least a week, we'll not be seeing superstar Bob McAdoo in that Knicks uniform. So, weather watch update for New York City and vicinity. Windy and becoming cloudy tonight with a low in the middle 30s. Partly sunny and seasonably cold tomorrow with a high from 40 to 45. Increasing cloudiness tomorrow night with a low from 30 to 35. Then cloudy again on Sunday, but moderating temperature, a high again between 40 and 45. The chance of rain is 20% tonight, 10% tomorrow, and 20% tomorrow night. Wind south to southwest at 10 to 20 miles an hour with stronger gusts tonight shifting to westerly about the same speeds early tomorrow and becoming variable at 10 miles an hour or less tomorrow night. It's clear on this Friday night in mid-Manhattan. 43 degrees, 6 Celsius. Humidity, 49%. Wind southwest at 12, gusts to 23 miles an hour. Barometer is steady at 3.0.27. The top stories of the hour... Sam Brontman says he's mad, really mad, at verdict. His alleged abductors were found innocent of kidnapping, but guilty of extorting money from Sam's dad. Navy investigates possibility that one of its Skyhawk jet fighters was shot down off North Carolina by Marine Corps jet. Jobs first priority for Carter, then tax cut. And that's the 8 o'clock news. John Wingate reporting. Next news as always on this station, the minute it happens, we'll be there. Next schedule news, I'll be back at nine o'clock on the hour this evening.